Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Thank you, Tanya and Steve. Um, wow, I'm surprised. You shocked me. I just had no idea this was coming. No, we've been, uh, we've been thinking about this for a while. We've been studying about four years and discerning for the past couple of years, and, and it's time to move forward. It's time to step forward as a church to make this commitment. So good morning, church. And uh, we are united. We are kind of, we're tied together with those in the sanctuary. So we want to say good morning, church, to you in the sanctuary. Uh, we're one church all together. Now, I've heard that the entire internet is out this morning and nationwide. Has anybody heard this? That's what was whispered in my ear. I, who knows? But uh, hopefully some people are with us online also. If not, you're on demand with us. But today's a different Sunday. It's Vision Sunday. And uh, so I'm only preaching twice, so I get to preach twice as long. Woo! Yes! Hey, that, I like that reaction. That is not the reaction I got the first time I said that. But I like that one. I like that one. And we're going to talk today, uh, church, uh, about being motivated for ministry. And our passage is Ephesians 5, verses 8 to 20, as we, as we dig in. The whole point of a vision Sunday like this, it's a little bit different. Um, it's, it's, it's about connecting you with what God is doing with this church in the big picture. So as you leave today, what I really hope is that you feel hooked on to what God is doing with First Pres ministry, you know, in the big, big picture. And then you can see a little bit more of how you can be a part of that. Ephesians 5, 8 to 20 is our passage. And as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word guides and directs our lives. Your word, your word regulates and forms our worship. Your word, it leads us to you, Jesus, and it brings us to salvation and eternal life. So we thank you for your word. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit, we would hear your living voice speaking to us of grace and truth, that we would trust you more and serve you with all that we are. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. amen. Ephesians 5 at verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. This is God's word. 
Well, motivated for ministry. Did you hear the challenge uh, from, from Steve and Tanya? You could not find, by the way, two people who are giving more of their time and energy and devotion to the life of this church than Steve Williams and Tanya Lark and the things that they're doing week after week. <laughs> not just with this, but with our, our music transition, all the stuff. So, so grateful for you. But 3.8, are you sure it's 3.8? Boy, that is, woo, right? You hear the challenge? It's a challenge. It's a challenge. But you know what? We can do it. And the good news is, even as we're just launching right out of the gate here, uh, some lead givers who like to inspire the church forward and, and the session who put their heart, you know, and, and, and their, you know, what do you call it? You put your money where your mouth is, that kind of, like, they're, they're in this. Uh, we're at 40%, folks. I mean, we're, we're well on our way to making this happen. And it's time. It's time to take up this challenge. We can do it. We've done it in the past. Or more to the point, God has done it in the past. God has done it. And he will do it for his glory. The Lord has carried the ministry here for 149 years. Think about that. When the prophet Samuel was leading his people through revival, he set up a stone and he said, this is an Ebenezer. Well, what's an Ebenezer, Samuel? He said, well, this is going to remind us of how God has carried us forward to here. 1 Samuel 7, 12 says, thus far the Lord has helped us. Thus far the Lord. And so he set up a marker, not just to remember what was behind, but to say, thus far the Lord has helped us, and so we can have confidence that we can step forward from here. It's time to stake a claim. It's time to set a marker in the ground. It's time to say, this year, we're first pres, and we know that it isn't all about the past. It's about what God is about to do in the future. God's been faithful to this church for 150 years. But look, you don't drive forward by, by you know, driving with your eyes over your shoulder all the time. You know, you don't drive forward by only looking at the rearview mirror, right? Bad stuff happens. You've got to lean forward. You've got to move ahead. And the past, it gives us energy. It gives us confidence to take on the next challenge. So, church, it's time to make a mark. It's time to stake a claim to faithfully follow Jesus into the next season. It's time to rise up, to wake up, and let Christ shine on us. I mean, it's time to wake up. Church, we gotta wake up. <laughs> That's a bigger message. This is just a part of it. But we want you to think about, to pray about making a pledge. Uh, the sanctuary, uh, look, it's time to... To, uh, to get that thing back up on its legs a little bit. Uh, it's, uh, it's time to prepare a gift, give a gift. This is not a pledge campaign over many years. This is a, this is a, a project between Tuesday, which is our 149th birthday, and August 17th, 2022, which is our 150th. We want to take that year and say, as a church, can we sacrificially give and propel our church forward and set it up for that next leg of ministry? We did this five years ago with this space right here, the worship center. And when we did that, we had 507 participants giving gifts. Well, we want to do that this year. And what we're praying for is that over 1,000, let's go over 1,000 who would participate and give gifts to pushing the church forward. It's time to jump in. So some have asked me as we've talked about this and we've bounced this off, people have said, isn't the future what's happening in this space in the, in the worship center? Why would, why would we invest in the sanctuary when the future is here in the worship center? Well, look, the future is both spaces. The future of First Pres is a sanctuary and a worship center. 
I firmly believe that when I'm cutting my cake, you know, Jim D's cutting some cake this weekend. When I'm cutting my cake, I'm going to be handing off to the next leader a church that is worshiping in strength and in power in a sanctuary in a way that is relevant, life-changing, it's living, it's active, and a church that is worshiping in a worship center, and that both of these things are going to be propelled forward. And that's going to be first pres. That's going to be what makes us distinctive. That's going to be what God has called us to be that's a little bit unique, is that we are in two powerful venues, in two powerful styles, and God is using these things in concert and complementary to one another, moving forward in strength, kind of like walking on, on two pontoons, on driving down both bridges. Like some people like the illustration of the dumbbell. It's got the weights on both sides, you know? We've got weights, weighty work of the Lord in a contemporary, I mean, powerful worship center that's able to gather and reach people and worship as much as you would find out in the suburbs and in a sanctuary that is up to date, that is today, that is relevant, that is bringing the gospel to people's lives to change their lives today and for the future. You see, with the sanctuary, here's the thing. We need people when they walk into the sanctuary, we need them to feel they're they're not walking into the past because that isn't the past in there. That's the future in there. And we want people to walk into that knowing they're walking into the future. Every bit as much as as when we walk in here in the worship center, we know we're walking into the future. Two different sites, two different places, two different venues, two life-changing, Christ-centered, gospel-focused, excellent, powerful patterns of worship. We celebrated this weekend the retirement of our, our music minister, Jim DeJarnette. And uh, was anybody at any of that stuff over the weekend? Good fun, good fun. And Jim is retiring after 39 years. And uh, you there in the sanctuary, we're going to clap here, but you there in the sanctuary, he's sitting right there. You can see him. You know him. Don't you love Jim DeJarnette? And we love, we love and we're grateful for Jim DeJarnette. Thirty-nine years of faithful ministry. And I've got a little bit more news to share with the church this morning about that on a Vision Sunday. Uh, Jim's retiring, and, uh, and, and what I can tell you is we have found the person the Lord is calling to lead our sanctuary forward in worship. And we as a church, we're going to meet this leader in two weeks. But they're not going to be on board with us fully until November 28th. So we thought, Steve and Tanya are on this group, you know, we were praying and thinking, and what are we going to do? You know, Jim retires August 15th, and then we've got to get till November 28th. Well, what could we do? What, maybe we could find somebody to kind of fill in, you know? Maybe somebody, maybe somebody had recently retired or something, or, you know, had some time on his hands. And, and uh, lo and behold, we've asked Jim. Jim is going to lean in with, <laughs> lean in with us. It's like... <laughs> Uh, he's going to lean in with us. I'm retired. No, you're not, buddy. You're not. <laughs> no. And so Jim is going to keep leading us uh, right up until November 28th, and he's also going to put on something very special we celebrate every year as a gift to our city, Christmas Joy. The Christmas Joy concert in 2021 is on, and it'll be under Jim's leadership, and he's going to power us through Christmas Joy 2021. So we'll celebrate that together. 
But look, the retirement of Jim is a big moment in our church. I don't know if you know him, you've been around him all that much, but his, his ministry is absolutely a signature for First Pres and what God's been doing here. 40 years of investment in this church. And then we've got our 150th year. I mean, that's a, that's a moment. And then we've got the whole world and our church and our city coming out of a global pandemic. That's a moment. Folks, we are at a strategic inflection point as a church. This is a moment where we've got to lean in. We've got to lean into this and say, Lord, what do you want us to be? What do you want us to do? Show us the future. Show us where we could give. Show us where we could sacrifice because we want to be part of this ministry right now. This is our moment to step forward and gain the future, to restore and refresh that sanctuary worship space, to build a commons that's for all of us, for the whole church to unite, to have space, to have spiritual, spiritual relationships, spiritual conversations, uh, to have a place to, to, you know, just build that relationship together as a church. And also, as you heard, to, to seat the Embracing Jesus sculpture, which many of you would remember, uh, seated outside, pointed toward Acacia Park, a gift to our city, a witness to the love of Jesus Christ that we're trying to tell our city all about. It's time to, to jump in get this done. Prepare a gift, give a gift. Church, let's gain the future. Christ is calling us forward. Forward. In 1871, General Palmer founded this city because this place was a beautiful place for people to live. In, uh, in 1870, there was a church planner named Sheldon Jackson who had already recruited a pastor named Henry Gage who's got a mustache that could knock me down, (laughs) to pastor First Presbyterian Church in Colorado City, what we now call Old Colorado City. And then in 1871, Gage started to come over preach here as well. Colorado Springs filed its papers as a city in 1872. There was already a church meeting. We were already meeting. We were already there, you see. First Pres was here. And and First Pres, on August 17th, 1872, First Pres was formed with eight members on the rolls. It's five women, women, three men. (laughs) I know. Well, come on, men. Show up, you know? (laughs) Five women, three men. And Gage became its first pastor, its first pastor. Sheldon Jackson was told he was too weak and puny to be a missionary to India. That was his dream, that was his call, and his leader said, you're not going to survive the travel. So they said, no, you can't be a missionary to India. He and some friends walked out of that meeting. They stood on a hill called Prospect Hill in Iowa. They looked west, and what they felt was the Spirit telling them, there's something going on out there. Here's what one biographer, how one biographer talks about. They talked about the opportunities for the church in the West and the importance of keeping pace spiritually with the men and women who were on the distant frontiers. The church, they felt, had to assume the responsibility of going after these people. Well, Sheldon Jackson, weak and puny, went on to plant over 100 churches in the wild frontiers of the West from Arizona all the way up to Alaska. Poor guy, so weak and puny, Sheldon Jackson. (laughs) And we're just one of those. The church was here before the city. The church was here to build the city. The church was here with the mandate to go after those people with the gospel, to help people to know Jesus Christ. Now we 
hold that mandate still. We have that divine mission still. Are we going to live up to it in our time? Are we motivated for ministry? But today isn't about the past. Today's Vision Sunday, it's about the future. The 150th year of our, of our ministry is upon us. And it's on us to honor the past. That's, we gotta honor the past, celebrate the past. But look, it's on us to gain the future, to lean forward and to step forward and to say, Jesus, whatever it is you want us doing, however we can devote ourselves to what's next, we're in it now. We're the ones that are here today to build the future. And we're in it. And we're gonna sacrifice for it just like our founders did, just like our leaders have done for 149 years, just like Jim and Barb Dejarnet have done for the past 39 years. Folks, we gotta be in it to gain the future. It's time to step up. It's time to wake up and let Christ shine. And we can do it together. I hit my own five-year mark this June. I arrived in, uh, oh, thank you. Wild five years. We arrived in uh, in 2016, and um, and there's been some changes, folks. There's been some changes uh, since since we got here. You, some of you might have been there that first meeting when I stood up and talked to to the congregation as the new pastor, shiny and scared, and and I said uh, I said, look, we're going to do three things. We're going to worship well. We're going to give ourselves away to the next generation, and we're going to learn how to proclaim the gospel as heard good news in our city. And we made some changes. Contemporary worship, right here, right here. We, uh, the fellowship hall became the worship center. We used to have a banquet hall that we, we used to experiment with contemporary worship. Now we have a worship center that we occasionally use for banquets. And from the time that we, yeah, that's true. And from the time that we, uh, that we opened that space, made that commitment, the folks that were worshiping in this style, pre-COVID now, the folks that were worshiping in this style with us, it grew from under 500 to around 750 on a weekly, week in, week out. That, folks, is God doing something big in just a couple of years. The worship center is not an experiment. We're committed to it. And First Pres 2040, when you lean forward with me and you dream about your church and what Christ is doing here, I'm telling you, we can expect a worship center in the heart of downtown Colorado Springs as part of First Pres that has got every bit as much equipped as everything that we find out in the suburban areas, you know, where we are reaching people, we are lifting up the name of Jesus with a, a, a life-transforming, relevant gospel ministry of powerful praise, and who knows what it's going to take for us to match that goal. But right now, what we're doing is it's time for the sanctuary to take its step into the future. The sanctuary, if you've, if you've been into the sanctuary, it was built and opened on March 29th, 1959. And it kind of looks like March 22nd, 1959 in some respects. And, uh, and, and the sanctuary is, does not have an expiration date. As you heard Steve say, as you've heard this is what I say all the time. The worship center is not an experiment and the sanctuary does not have an expiration date. But it turns out some of those light fixtures do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like light fixtures that put off 300 degrees of heat, you know? And baby, they were cutting edge in March 1959. Uh, but we can do better. First Pres 2021, 2030, 2040 and beyond. 
will continue to be a thriving, rich, powerful place of ministry in the heart of downtown Colorado Springs. We're going to worship well. We fought to be all in for kids. All in for kids. Because that's who we are. It's not easy. It's not easy to reach the next generation for Christ. It's not easy to be a a family-focused, children's ministry-focused, family ministry-focused church in the heart of an urban center where people are traveling in from so many different contexts. It's not easy, but we're committed to it. We're resolved to it. From the time that in 1997, this church bought Daniel Chevrolet and turned it into a student center, we're committed, resolved. Christ has called us. It's in our DNA. Whatever we've got to do, we're recruiting staff. We've got staff on board with a great philosophy of ministry and strategies, all to fulfill one promise. First Pres is a great place to raise kids in the Lord. We're making that promise. We'll keep that promise. We'll keep that promise. First Pres Fellows began in 2019. Uh, Folks, we're an aging church. We're an aging church. We're aging at the rate of one year per year. And I don't know if other churches are struggling with that, but that's what we're doing. And, um, And so... What it means when we're an aging church is it means you've got to recognize we've got a lot of amassed wisdom, but there's a leadership that has to happen to intentionally press that wisdom down to next generations. We're a five-generation church here. As we design that commons, the commons area, Ruth's whole brain, her whole prayer life, her whole discernment about that was this has got to be a five-generation space, five-generation space, and all the design of it was around that. We're a five-generation space, but we've got to have ways to press that wisdom down from generation to generation. First Pres Fellows is one of our models of that. We've had two classes so far. Our third class is arriving right now. Right now. Third class, First Pres Fellows. We changed our First Pres logo. Gets you free parking downtown for one P. You can laugh about that. I laugh about that. I love that. Um, we wanted to make a new mark, start a new conversation. Hey, what's that mark about? What are you, what are you involved in? You know, on my own street, there's uh, three different houses that have got that on the back of, of their cars. That has caused a conversation on my street. What is that thing? What are you guys about? Uh, well, that's my church. That's my church. A mark like that starts a new conversation, a new brand, a new conversation in our city. We clarified our mission statement to point ourselves out to the, to the world on mission for Jesus. Boy, I said that terribly for a guy who talks for a living. We, we clarified our mission statement to, <laughs> to, to point ourselves out toward the world. Okay, is that better? Right. Because we're light and life for the city. Just like verse 8 says in our passage, for you were once darkness, but now you are light. Now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. We share his light. We demonstrate and invite people into his life. And we, we prove our worth and we prove our love by always being for our city, for the people of our city, even as God is for us. He never stops being for us. Light and life for the city. And we're always looking forward to the city of God. The other way to think about this, light and life for the city, think about it this way. 
gospel and mission in a posture of helpfulness. Gospel and mission in a posture of helpfulness. It's helped us. That's us. We articulated the first pres way, seven values in our pursuit of Jesus to direct our lives together. You know, if we all go our own direction, we can all just do our own ministry, do our own thing, sow our seeds wherever we want to chuck them, you know, pull the rope wherever we want it to go. But, and God can use that. God can do amazing things. God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. But what if you and I, what if we're all one mind, one accord, one spirit, one mission, pulling in one direction for Jesus? There's no limit to what God can do with that. Our first pres way has aligned us and kept us moving in where God is calling us. We've come a long way these past five years. God's been faithful. God's been faithful to this church for 149 years. You know? That's not just look back. That's like swallow that. All the people who've invested, all the people who've sacrificed, all the families that have grown up generation after generation after generation in the love of the Lord, in the direction of his word, in the salvation found in Jesus Christ. Who are we now? Who do you want First Pres to be in 10 years? Are you motivated for ministry? Will you take up the mantle? Will you carry forward the mission that Jesus Christ has here? Because I believe as First Pres steps into her 150th year, I believe we're on the verge of our best chapter yet. Ephesians 5 paints a picture of the church in the middle of a, a mess of a city. If you ever think this world that we're living in is headed to... Um, you know where in a handbasket. <laughs> you just study the, some of these first century cities where the church was born. You study Ephesus. You study Philippi. You study Corinth. Good gravy. It was a mess. A lot of people doing whatever they wanted. A lot of people getting hurt. And in the middle of that, there was a gospel ministry. There was a thriving gospel ministry. And there was a people pursuing Jesus Christ and wanting to live different. The city was full of what Paul called deeds of darkness. You know what deeds of darkness are? Yeah, we all do. And in the middle of them, there was this other way, this, this new light. There was this gospel ministry, a new way of life. Verse 15 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The days will, time will pick your pocket. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's in the middle of the deeds of darkness. That's in the middle of the city of confusion. There's an alternative city. There's another way of life. There's joy. There's life. There's light in Jesus Christ. When confusion sets in, in the middle of all these rolling seas and deeds of darkness and temptation and challenge and people who are after us for no reason and things that get so twisted up they can't get straight, how do you stay joyful? How do you stay grateful? How do you stay, you know, how do you stay in that place of, of I want to be light, I want to be, I want to be positive, you know? I want to be a blessing to the people around me in my street. How do you stay there? How do you stay where you can sing songs joyfully? 
in the middle of a place that is so, feels like it's crumbling apart? Well, look at verse 14. It's our key verse. Church, let's read this together. You guys in, in the sanctuary too and online. Let's read this. Ephesians 5, 14. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Wake up. Rise up. Stay awake. If the devil can't kill you as a child of God, he wants you asleep. You got to stay awake. You got to keep your eyes open. You got to rise up in the power of Christ and continue to sing his praise. In the middle of COVID, we kept on task. The last time we did Vision Weekend was January 25th, 2020. Wasn't that a nice time to live? (laughs) We thought we had problems, right? We had no idea what we were headed into, but the Lord provided for us. He gave us a compass and a map. He gave us a direction to go. We knew that we had to hold on to the things that matter most. We knew we had to worship. Worship trains our hearts to live for God. We held Good Friday and Easter Sunday on the roof of the church. We never would have done that, right? We found that God had prepared us for for this kind of season of going all online, all digital, all, all video. We had these preset uh, movies of, of a trip through Israel where I was teaching from each spot on the Jesus series. And it kind of gave us some energy. It kind of gave us some life that it's gonna be okay to go digital for six months, right? At Christmas, we wanted to celebrate, make much of what we could make much of, which was being together outside. So if we're going to be together outside, shut down that street, create Wonder Village, blow fake snow on kids. Let's go. <laughs> Light a candle, sing a song. We had Wonder Village together at Christmas. Why? Because he had to worship. We've got to worship well. Worship trains our hearts to live for God. We've got to live for God. We put everything online, 100% online church for six months. And we knew we had to put everything online because we have to keep growing in discipleship. We pushed people together on the internet. Alpha met, Discover First Pres met, Life Groups met. We put daily devotionals out from all of our pastors, a bunch of our staff. Why? To keep growing, keep growing. You've gotta keep growing. We had to stay engaged with the needs of the world. Global partnerships went online for online prayer meetings and we stayed in touch with our partners in in Guatemala and Mongolia and Cuba and and in uh, Egypt. Locally, ESM closed its doors, but Crossfire Ministries stepped up and was able to to launch ahead and make a huge difference. And so we rallied around them and we we raised $120,000 to help set them up in a new building to relieve people who are in food jeopardy in our city. We, we partnered with Springs Rescue Mission and moved forward with a new dining hall down on their campus, and we turned our own coffee shop, Cafe 225, into Samaritan Coffee at 225. Why? To give Springs Rescue Mission a second track of, 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 of social initiative, of giving people a chance to get a, a new career as a barista and learn their way right here at Samaritan Coffee 225. Got to keep going. Got to deploy generosity. Vacation Bible school last year was 
was in the backyard take home in a box. This year, we hosted 400 kids right here in this room, raising the name of Jesus, making as much noise as you could possibly imagine, blowing this place out for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Church, you got to keep going. You don't stop. You don't give up. You keep going. You keep marching on. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The world is, is hungry for a new message. The world is, is eager for a new place to stand. The world's kind of coming up out of this, out of this, this slow-motion wreck of the last year and a half. It's kind of like I imagine a, 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 a shipwreck and people have just been sort of just gasping for air, gulping for air. Well, what are we, church? What are we gonna be? What is First Pres? We're like that warm island that people crawl up on and they can just rest on the rock and they can feel the warmth of the sun restoring their souls. People are hungry to know Jesus Christ. They're hungry for new foundations of faith. The answers that were working for them two years ago are not working for them today. And we have an answer for them, an answer to share, and that answer is Jesus Christ. Amen? What are we going to be? What's our vision? Where will we be in 10 years? <laughs> we're, not, we're not just addicted to the past, folks. We're dreaming of the future, and we need to stake a claim and gain the future right now. We're inviting our city into a tomorrow with Jesus. A friend said to me once, you know, in the best spirit, said, Tim, when we talk about First Pres, we're always talking legacy, what God did. But at this other church, this new church plant in town, they're always talking about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit's doing now. And took it as a real challenge, right? That's a challenge. So I want to be clear, church. When I talk about 150 years of ministry, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The Holy Spirit makes the church. And not some, it's, 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 see, it's not a flash bang explosive thing what God's doing here. What it is is the Spirit of God steadily growing like water in the roots, like sun day by day, steadily growing this church like an oak of righteousness and bearing fruit in season time and time and time again. The Holy Spirit is active in First Pres. First Pres is not a museum. It's not a monument. It's not a memory. First Pres is a movement of the Holy Spirit changing people's lives right now today. And we've got to stake a claim on the future and say, Jesus, whatever it takes for me to be devoted to that mission for the next chapter, I'm part of it. Amen? Amen. I'll never forget the story of uh, this moment when a family came to our church, and young family, um, and some members of our church were their neighbors. And, uh, and the, the members, the, our, our folks who were their neighbors, they saw when uh, their, their friend's cat died, okay? The neighbor's cat died. And so our family went over to their house and just knocked on the door and said, is there anything we can do? Can we pray for you? Can we help you? And the father was in tears. I mean, the kids were in tears. And the father said, uh, well, <laughs> well, we need a shovel. <laughs> right? 
Sorry, cat lovers. <laughs> but our, our family said, well, I've got a shovel. And they brought the shovel over. They went through that together. And they prayed together. And they became friends. And, and soon enough, that family started showing up in church. And the, the father renewed a faith in Christ that he had not thought about since he was a child. The mother came to new living faith in Jesus Christ, absolutely new. And she was baptized, and she was baptized next to her kids who were baptized. An entire family was altered. After a while, the mom came up to me after a worship service, and it was in the sanctuary, and I can remember where we were standing. She said, Pastor Tim, sometimes you talk about the gospel, but sometimes you talk about the gospels. Can you tell me what the difference is? Do you get that? Do you see what that is? That's new faith. That's not, a, that's not like a, 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 a Christian warmed over, right? That is new faith, new knowledge. That is the, the life of Christ breaking into a new heart, a new soul that's saved, that's changed for eternity. Her life, their marriage, their kids, their eternity changed by the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ. Folks, this is a thriving, spirit-driven, Christ-centered, biblical gospel ministry that we get to be a part of. And we have a moment now to stake a claim and gain the future for Jesus Christ. When I want you leaving today, and I, I told you, I get to to preach twice as long because I'm only preaching twice. When, when you leave today in about an hour, we, <laughs> I want you motivated for ministry. I want you jumping in. God's doing big stuff here, folks. He's doing big stuff. Jump in. Well, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Well, how do you do that? How do I wake up, Pastor Tim? Remember, Jesus, he died for you so that you could rise and live. Jesus, he slept the sleep of the dead so that you could be awake to life, eternal life in him. How do we wake up? How do we rise up? We rise up in Jesus Christ. He is our vision. He is our hope. And one day when you and I are done here, we're done on this planet, we're done in this city, we look back and there are stories that are gonna be told about life-changing ministry and those stories aren't gonna be about you and they're not gonna be about me. They're going to be about the living and reigning Lord Jesus Christ and how he is at work. And how he is at work to set people free and save souls. Let's pray. Jesus, we just pray that you would wake us up. We can feel it, Lord. We can feel the slumber setting in. We can feel when we're, when we're getting lulled to sleep. And we wanna be awake to you, awake to what you're doing in the world, awake to what you're doing through our church. What a privilege it is to be part of this church right now. And Jesus, we just wanna be awake to it and ready to serve. Grab a hold of us. Lord, don't let us drift off to sleep. Wake us up that we can rise up in power and give glory to the name of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T. 
P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.